0: Um, let's go ahead and start. Oh, let me take off this jacket, because it always, always makes noise whenever I record. Okay. (laughs) I was just going to say,
1: that's why I record in the nude.
0: (laughs) And we're leaving that in the show. Welcome to the Fan Freaks Podcast number 40. You're listening to the show where we freak out about our favorite movies, games, comics, and any media in between. This is George, the Bone King speaking, and I'm joined by... Hello, Billy. (laughs) (laughs) oh
1: burler uh it's agent the masterful dude of Doodliness, the face that runs the place the host for the most uh happy mother's day if you're listening this is the week of mother's day
0: get get a gift guys do it she did so many gifts for you you don't even fucking know you don't even know the amount of things your mother has given you or maybe hasn't i'm assuming things
1: she'll probably bring it up (laughs) when she wants you to do something
0: very, very true. Well, today's show is actually gonna be an all-star episode all about uh, all the best mothers in, in media. I was about to say gaming. In all of media. It, it's really hard in gaming. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we were talking about it. It's like, holy shit, a lot of moms in gaming are just terrible. Like, they're just really bad. I'm just gonna say I have a couple of dishonorable mentions to bring later, but survival horror has not been kind to mothers. No. No, it
1: is not. So,
0: I would love to be proven wrong, though. If someone wants to pull one out, I, please tell me, because I tried. I tried thinking about it. Um, either way, before we get into that, let's let's just get into our recents. Um, I'm actually going to start off the recents, if that's cool. All right, let's do it. Alrighty. Um. So, oh god, what a place to start. Um. I saw a movie. The only movie I saw this week, and you're going to be like, why? Why did you see said movie? And it was mainly because I wanted to give it a second chance to really see if it was as bad as I first saw it. Uh, And the movie was Star Wars The Last Skywalker. (laughs) I thought it was Rise of Skywalker. Is it?
1: Yeah. Episode The
0: Last Jedi. You oh, I give up on all these fucking names. They all sound, they all sound like interchangeable Mad Libs to me. Sith of the rise, of the revenge, of the rise, and the return, and it's just too much allura- uh, alliteration for me. I can't handle it. But anyway, the last one. <laughs> and the last, last one, not the last Jedi. God, do you see what this does? Um, and and yeah, no. See, the first time I saw it, it felt like I was like overstimulated with, like, a ton of shit flying at me at once. And I was like, oh, I guess they'll explain that later. Oh, I guess they'll do this. And then as the movie ended, I was like, okay, this is garbage. They didn't explain anything. Seeing it a second time, it really kind of magnifies a lot of the the dropped plot threads that just kind of happened there. Um, I I, I know I've already said a lot of things about Star Wars on the podcast, and I don't mean to ignite any more flames of hatred. But um, it's just watching it again because my boyfriend wanted to see it. I kind of was able to really latch onto the idea that they really didn't give anything enough time to boil. Like it's just a nonstop onslaught of things happening, and it's like if you would have maybe spread some of this around in the other films, or maybe had a plan to begin with, I don't know. Maybe it would have been a better movie. What would you think about it?
1: Oh, you didn't like the fact that Palpatine was just shoehorned in for no apparent reason? Oh, you didn't it like? He was a, a voice in the galaxy,
0: sir. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm out, man. I, I'm glad it's, it's kind of over. We can do something new. Hopefully. Just anything. Just please, something new. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, the TV show I saw, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this, was something called Hollywood on Netflix? No, I have not. It's this show, I don't even know where it came from, to be honest. My boyfriend just found it and started playing it. But it's about these um, struggling actors, or really people in, the, in Hollywood, the Hollywood industry, in like the 1930s, 19, no, 1950s? A little bit before then, maybe 1935, something like that. Point is, like, it's... It's a very, uh, close-minded period of time, and it's about these people trying to make it in an industry that really wants only a specific brand of people, like, at all times in their movies, where people are typecasted into specific roles because of their race or gender or whatever. It's just, like, their struggle against such a fucking ignorant system, um, and and it's entertaining, like... I I know it it sounds like I'm like, oh, it's entertaining. Usually these things aren't entertaining. No, and it is. It's just the thing is I find with a lot of things that uh, that tackle these topics, they always find, um, and I'm not trying to belittle this at all, but they always find a way to hit you in the feels really hard by either having characters like die slowly or horrible things happen to them. And it's like, yeah, man, that's that's drama. That's that's real shit that happens in the real world. And I get that. But like after seeing AJ and the Queen, after seeing this, I'm just so happy to see some media that normalizes gay people without having it be like showing me so much harassment on film like yeah no it it happens i'm not trying to belittle that and i know that's gonna come off like well george that's what happened you know you're not gonna get away from that and that's still in this show even but they don't make it a point to make it like every single thing is something horrible happening to these people that are trying their best there are solid moments of enjoyment and you can feel happy with them so i don't know it it covered so many different topics it was like an and the best way to describe it to you and this would be what i say about it It was like an alternate reality um, birth of Hollywood where we would have stepped past that fucking like – I don't want to say SJW barrier. That's not what I mean. But like where we would have started breaking through that inclusion barrier a lot sooner. Like there's a a lot of scenes here. They're talking about writing like the first film – To have uh, a black lead and that's like so scandalous in that you know in that time period and they didn't do that back in the day but like what if they did and this is if they would have taken a stand this is what it would have been so I actually really really liked that show would have I thought it was going to go in a way more depressing direction and I really like the way it went I know I just rambled for a minute but (laughs) any questions. No,
1: that's that's fine. It's interesting you brought up uh AJ and the Queen and this thing about uh normalizing uh, Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. But you were normal yeah. But you were mentioning AJ and the Queen in comparison. And what it brought mm-hmm. me back to was when we reviewed it chapter two and you were talking about how difficult that first ten minutes were for you and your boyfriend. Right. Right and, and you mentioned and AJ and yeah. the Queen and it's like <laughs> why the fuck like It's good we get, you know, gay people in a film, in a horror film no less, but why do they have to get fucking beaten to shit? (laughs) Like,
0: every time, though. Like, I get it. Like, if it was a horror movie, sure, it's thematic. If it's an action movie, if it's a drama, sure, I get it. But it's, like, every fucking time. It's, like, can we not show a gay person be happy and not be punished for it? Like, fuck me. So, So, Hollywood, you finished it, by the way? Yeah, it, it was It actually uh, completed. It, it kind of sets up a season, a next season, but um, I thought it was good. Yeah, I finished it.
1: All right. Well, would you recommend it or would you be like, ah, it's all right?
0: Oh, <laughs> I would definitely recommend it. And I almost went through the whole thing without bringing up one of the most important or most uh, interesting parts of the show. You know Sheldon from Big Bang Theory? Yeah. He's in this. All right. And I, this just goes to prove that if you have an actor, right, the, a different director or, or tone can make all the difference in the fucking world. I have never, never in my life have found Sheldon to be threatening. Okay? Never. And somehow he does it with this character.
1: Very not bad. I'm glad to this, see this. he actually. I've I've known him to have range. He he was he started in theater. That much I know about the the actor himself.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that. I I thought he was kind of like typecasted into this, but no, he is a fucking like corrupt evil man, and I think it's really well portrayed. I thought I understood that character, and as it progressed. I got to say, he was really interesting. So if there's one thing to keep an eye out for, keep an eye out for Sheldon. He's really intense in that show. All right. I'll uh, yeah. I'll put um, it in my list. Yeah, please do. It was really you you especially. You we're talking about uh watching a lot of like time period um shows. Yeah, I love that shit. Yeah, please and love. this is like a great one. It's it's Hollywood. It's a love letter to Hollywood and what it could have been. <laughs> As long as it's better than Hail, Caesar, I'm fine. Um, So the last thing on my recents uh, was my games. Uh, The game that I played was Streets of Rage 4. Holy shit, guys. George played a game that wasn't Rezzy. I know, and it wasn't Animal Crossing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, Streets of Rage 4. Um, I've been hearing about this game being in development for like a long time. I'm actually a Streets of Rage fan. Um, I grew up with the first one a lot and I played a shit ton I wasn't very good at it but I loved playing it when I was a kid so like it's crazy how a good sequel can be done with just sort of like updating but still adding more you don't have to completely rework the whole entire fucking thing the game still plays like a Streets of Rage game But it adds a lot more content and features that are welcome to a Streets of Rage player. Like, you know how we were talking earlier about how with Resident Evil, you and I are Resident Evil gameplay fans. Like, original gameplay fans. the The, you know, explorative and all that shit. When you're in a map... Right. And when you're in a map and it says, like, you know, currently investigating versus investigated, that kind of feature that they added and how helpful that was. Yeah. This is something that, like... They did that but to the equivalent of beat-em-ups. You can change your character before every stage now, which I don't know how long we've gone playing fucking beat-em-ups without having this feature. Like, fuck, being able to switch between stages so you could just try different people, you know, whenever. There's a stage select from the get-go, um, but it's not like all the levels unlocked. It's like It just adds a lot of things, and it's a very fucking solid sequel. The soundtrack somehow lives up to the very high standard of Streets of Rage 1 and 2, because that those two games really stretch the Sega Genesis fucking sound card, I'm telling you. They're really good soundtracks. Um, and, and with Streets of Rage 4, I was really curious because the soundtrack was really fucking good. And I was like, well, they got to have had to have gotten the original guy on this. And they did, but they had one other music composer. Do you know who that was? No. I don't, you might not know this person, but it was Oliver Duvier, which he was the music composer for Alone in the Dark Inferno, which is one of my favorite fucking soundtracks of all time. Okay. And (laughs) <laughs> and is so much better than the game that it comes with that like it's it's a crime that I would pay sixty dollars for just the soundtrack and not even the game.
1: <laughs> well, you're one of the few that I know would pay that much for a soundtrack.
0: The soundtrack is that damn good. Okay, like it, it's overshadowed by how shitty the game it is. Uh, the game is but if you just go and listen to the alone in the dark soundtrack you'll be blown away by the utter depth in this guy's composition it's fantastic anyway those are all the games I played thank you for sticking with me <laughs> Adrian what you got for me
1: um streets of rage 4 I have a question
0: about it uh, where did you play yeah. it on and how much is it I played oh this is a great question um I played it on PC but it's available on PC and PS4 it was 20 bucks. That's a good fucking price, okay? And I know it's not like a modern $60 game or whatever, but it wasn't a $30. It was like, I think, $25 base price, but it's on sale right now. Um, the game has tons of replayability. Each time you um, beat a stage, you get experience, and the experience can give you unlocks where you unlock literally every character from Street any pre- uh, previous Streets of Rage game in their original form. So, like... Imagine a beat-em-up, right? And then, like... It's still like a 2D beat-em-up, like a side-scroller beat-em-up, where the, it's still art, but they, you can unlock characters that are literally imports of sprites from each game. So you can play a Streets of Rage 1 Axel, or Streets of Rage 2 Axel, or Streets of Rage 3 Axel, and this goes for everyone. Blaze, Adam, uh, Max, fucking uh, Zen, Zack, whatever, Skate. Fucking everyone is in this shit, even some of the people that weren't even playable before. So, it's a good game. I highly recommend it. <laughs>
1: Alright, uh, for me, my recent well, I finished Westworld Season 3. No, and I thought you finished it already. No, Season 3 ended uh, this past Sunday. Um, oh, I didn't
0: see the last episode then. Oh, okay.
1: Um, I didn't fucking like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I figured. Uh, I, just, I just
1: wanted it to end, and I thought this was it. Like, everybody had, like, a nice little bow. Yeah. And then there's an after credit scene. I'm not going to spoil. It's just, yay, we're going to have another season of this?
0: Fucking yeah. Fucking yay. I'm um, so done with that, you know? Like, just let it end. Let it end appropriately and, and well, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: For sure. I just... I I'm just... I don't know. I feel like at this point I'm teetering on Stockholm Syndrome where I'm just like, well, I should watch season four. I put in this much time. But there's a part of me that's like, no, I can't
0: anymore. I have better things to do. I have a question for you, actually. So let's say, for example, because this is what I was thinking about. Would this even be a better option if they like they ended Westworld season three? Right. And then they release another show, like just a complete other show where it has like the same basis as Westworld. But it's 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 a different title. We'll call it uh, East I world. don't know. <laughs> e- sure, North World, South World, whatever. Like that's what you do, and you make it a separate show, and not actually have it be a continuation, but just keep the world, but do whatever you want. Still, you know, does that work for you, or would that be too sane? That,
1: that that works for me.
0: Okay, it's just right. I feel you like have, that makes
1: sense. I have characters here that I don't know where they're going when they've already accomplished their arc. Like how much more are you just going to keep posting, uh pushing back that goalposts? Like, okay, you, yeah. you, you satisfied everything here. We're going to push it back a little more and push it back a little more. And it's like, uh, this isn't satisfying at all.
0: Um I actually, I feel like by that point, it's like, there would be new characters entirely in my example. You know what I mean? Like there would yeah. there'd be one or two maybe cameos, but it would be focused on starting a new story entirely.
1: Yeah, I'd be more interested in the world and the background and other people than just the same old, same old. I'm not going to name right. names, but... Cause... Star Wars. <laughs> Skywalker. <laughs> no, no, I mean like in Westworld, if we were to have an know. Eastworld, I wouldn't want, you know, Dolores to show up again and shit like that.
0: Wasn't there a Samurai World at some point in season two? There,
1: There is. There is. Um, yep. So Do more
0: shit there. That's cool. <laughs> so uh,
1: what else will we uh, – what else did I do? Uh, um, TV games? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to – there's a lot of games, but I'm trying to make sure I do the TV first. Uh, I've actually started watching a documentary – uh, I've been watching a lot of documentaries lately. Um, there's a documentary series on Netflix. It's not for everybody, but it's about World War II. It, for the first time, allegedly, the series kind of puts it that way. They took all this archival black and white old footage of the war and updated it in color and 4 Oh, the
0: color. I, I've actually seen some clips of this. It's amazing. Yeah, and holy
1: shit! Like the the detail, the colors there are so vibrant. It's horrifyingly beautiful to look at because you're seeing like mass murder and death, and you know it's.
0: Oh, I didn't see any actual war footage. I saw like people of the time walking around. They restored that.
1: Yeah, they restored that, but they also restored the fucking war. <laughs>
0: and, oh, God, no. Why? Oh.
1: Like, you see a bombing raid, and you just see all these bombs exploding, and and then they cut to a veteran who's like, yeah, we killed a lot of civilians. It really hurt us emotionally. And I'm like, what the fuck, man?
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I, I get the idea to preserve it, but fuck. Like, that's so dark. Yeah. Uh, I'm almost done with
1: that. Um, Now, documentaries I've watched, i watched an excellent one, which was uh, The Best of Enemies. It is a, this is really like American history type of shit. Back in the 60s, we had two very political opinionated people that were master debaters of their class. Um, One was Gore Vidal who's very liberal and he was fighting for trans rights and gay rights back in the sixties. He wrote a book called Myra Breckenridge, which is about this, uh, woman, this man who becomes a woman, Mm -hmm. but sodomizes a man on screen. And this was 1961 when this happened, like, and played by Russian. was John
0: What was John Waters? Because I'm just wondering if he got inspired by this. <laughs>
1: like, John Waters definitely got inspired by this.
0: I'm just, I'm just thinking, right? Doesn't that make sense like timeline-wise? John, John Waters,
1: I think, was the 70s, but this was like we're just That's getting- true. Oh, we're, fuck him off. Damn it. We're just getting out of the 50s, and this is the first thing he writes, Myra Breckenridge, which has Raquel Welch acting as a man, and just it's You know, it's one of those things that it's like, holy fuck, how daring talking about trans Mm -hmm. issues and talking about, you know, a sex change operation like back then. That's avant-garde. No, that
0: that actually kind of echoes what I was talking about in Hollywood, where it kind of brought up that alternate history way of like mentioning these things in a public way, which probably, you know what? Now that I think about it, these things were probably way more prevalent at the time. We just don't hear about it because no one fucking cataloged it for sure. Or they probably buried it
1: before it could ever be released. Um, There's something else I wanted to bring up uh, about this was the person he was competing against, which is William F. Buckley, who is to the right of Hitler. You know, Mm. he's super ultra conservative. His best friend was Ronald Reagan, and he helped Nixon get, you know, elected or whatever, and they had really, like... Uh, intense debates during the presidential election of the 60s i think it was 62 and it culminates with william buckley losing his cool because he was called a a nazi by gore vidal and buckley says listen you q i don't want to say the whole word but q because back then that was you know the equivalent of the f word you q i will i will punch you out or something like live on air and it was yeah
0: i i hate q2 i mean he's always fucking over picard and honestly just like get over yourself thank you <laughs> I, i'm just trying to make it somewhat light in all the war <laughs>
1: um but yeah i really recommend it it's called the best of enemies uh i think it's really interesting when it when you cut down to it um okay Now, for gaming, I played a bunch of fucking games because, you know, what else do you do during quarantine?
0: Um,
1: I I was playing Hunt Showdown, as usual, of course. Uh, I was also playing the new hit. Well, it's not new, but the Hitman Episodic game that came out like two uh, years ago.
0: The one with uh, Gary Busey. Is he in it? Yeah, he's one of the killable targets.
1: Oh my god, that's great! I can't wait
0: to kill him. Apparently, apparently, his mission is like a comedy one where he does zany shit. But the thing is, is like it that wait. Then explain to me how you're playing it because there was a whole thing like, oh, it's time sensitive, so it's only available at this time. And no, whatever bullshit. it's not.
1: I found it. No, uh, okay. I they released it on PS on PSN for like eight dollars, game of the year, and they said it's all of it. So I just downloaded all of it. It it. Separately downloaded all the uh, episodes, unfortunately. It wasn't all completely together. Mm-hmm. But for $8, I said, fuck it. And I'm a huge fan of the Hitman games. Uh, the controls are great. It feels so smooth. I love the AI. The AI is really smart at times. Other times, you know, you get your usual,
0: eh, I'm an idiot NPC or whatever. <sighs> I-, I feel like we're going to have the same discussion of like, is it it, it's a good game now (laughs) but it wasn't a good game when it was released so it's like i don't know that might be a future episode by the way
1: i i don't know because unfortunately yeah i haven't i didn't play it at launch um i don't like the episodic format and this game is doing a story but it's also doing online where you can compete with how well you do against your friends and how well you can you know do the perfect assassin and stuff like that and there is some creative options like you can make out of the map they give you you can like make your own kill target like who do you pick like which npc to kill and shit like that and how to do it and you can cool. it's
0: like a sandbox mode yeah and there's
1: so many things that the game throws at you that you can do where it's like oh you can do all these challenges and and like, oh, you kill both of these targets, but you have to do it in your original suit and you can't get caught. So it's like, oh, OK. It's you like gotta do it in style. Yeah, that's actually what it's called. <laughs> Doing oh, it with wow. style. Doing it with Great. style or whatever. Um, well, is that break your game? That's it for my games, brother. That is it for my games.
0: Alrighty, Well, OK, so that was all of our recents. So we're actually going to move on to our news. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so um I have a couple bits of news. It's really not all that much. Uh right now, I guess the first thing I should say uh this one's quick and I can get it out of the way. Um GameStop. Uh oh, never mind. Sorry, GameStop. Why the hell is he the first one here? He? <laughs> they. <laughs> he, it's a tangible being that I can hate on. Just kidding. Anyway, um, so one thing that they were saying is um The Last of Us Two. There's we're not going to talk anything about story spoilers, because apparently there are some out there. So don't worry if you're freaking out about spoilers. We're not going to talk about any spoilers whatsoever. We're if just going to focus on this other thing. Go ahead. If you want spoilers, go watch uh, Jim Sterling's
1: uh, Inquisition. Or... What does he call it?
0: The Jimquisition?
1: Really? He yeah. talked
0: about the spoilers there?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he talked about it. And well, it's not
0: the dog thing? No.
1: I haven't heard anything about this dog thing.
0: About these dog enemies,
1: or no? I haven't heard shit about it, no.
0: Okay, so this is something that apparently Naughty Dog, funnily enough, um, (laughs) thought would be a good idea, Uh, and this is their their gameplay mechanic, and you tell me what you think about this. Um, So apparently there are enemy dogs that will follow your scent and will attack you as soon as they've sniffed you out. The game doesn't, and this is quoted, by the way, the game doesn't pull any punches or stray from the idea that while you're playing as Ellie in a struggle to survive, killing dogs is necessary. Okay, alright, you know, there are fucking survival games where you gotta shoot a dog, it's unfortunate, but it's there. But check this out. You'll also have to deal with the fact that each dog has an owner, and they'll call out the dog's name and cry in absolute horror when they discover the lifeless body of their furry best friend. You've been warned. What the fuck is this? What, like, what, I understand going in depth with, with programming and stuff like that, but this literally pleases nobody. This doesn't increase any survival experience or make you feel like a real survivor. It makes you feel like whoever designed this and is making me do this is kind of an asshole. Yo, seriously, fuck you, Naughty Dog. But I have a- Just, just kill the dogs. I mean, if you're gonna force this fucking dog out of me in the game, fine, but don't make it be like an extra thing where I'm supposed to feel guilt over it. They're not, they're like- it's such a weird cheap shot that, like, I, I don't know if I, I can trust Naughty Dog's, like, idea, frame of mind when it comes to drama. This feels like such a a wannabe. thing to do? Uh, okay. A wannabe, like,
1: <laughs> all tour. Like, the, the, the designer was like, bro, this is going to be revolutionary. We're going to win so many <laughs> awards. It's going to be great. Everybody's yeah, going to um, suck our Tom dick. Hewlett. Just <laughs> It's 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 such a fake smart thing. Like you're just you're just trying so fucking hard. But George, I have a question, and mm. I and I have a question for you guys who are listening. Tell me what the fuck to do at Adrian MDOD. I have a friend, and you know him. Uh-huh. He loves Last of Us. He was trying to get Last of Us to the Ellie Edition, whatever Collector's Edition bullshit there was. Right. He can't play games where you kill a dog oh fuck well then he's screwed <laughs> like he he's like you know very emotionally invested when there's an animal on screen because he's had dogs all of his life he loves dogs you love dogs too i love dogs I do. as well. we all love dogs um but good lord what do i tell him and he hates spoilers i can't do i spoil this do i tell him hey listen man Don't get Last of Us
0: 2. This isn't a spoiler. This is an enemy type. Good lord. Like, this is so unnecessary. I I get the idea of needing to kill the dogs to survive. Sure, whatever. Gritty realism. But it's such an obvious, like, doesn't this get you in the feels, man? Like, what purpose could this possibly solve for an overall narrative besides, like, Ellie's really traumatized, guys? It's like, Uh no shit. All right, I'm just going to say it. Bad dog, naughty dog. Bad dog. <laughs> all right, so that's one of my news. Uh, my other news, really quick, um, is a Mortal Kombat 11 fucking, what's it called? Um, expansion, I guess, is what I'll call it. It's really DLC,
1: but That's what they keep referring it to. It's an expansion. It could fuck off just, for all I care. Yeah.
0: Well, the reason why we say that is because if you bought this game for sixty dollars on initial which release, wish we did. Have to, <laughs> yeah, and you bought the fucking season pass, which was another thirty or forty fucking dollars, and then you get this shit. It's another goddamn thirty dollars to expand the game, which basically just gives you three extra characters and some friendships. No, that's no, that's no, another no. thirty dollars, please. No, oh, the no, 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 story mode. No, sorry. no, no, no,
1: no, my friend, it's not thirty. It's forty.
0: What? The expa- no.
1: The expansion is forty. People have been bitching at NRS to say, if this was 30, I'd be understandable.
0: Let's see. Uh, Mortal Aftermath is available as an upgrade to current Mortal Kombat owners for 40. Oh my god, go fuck yourself. And this you is know, like, this you... is paying for a whole new game. And it's literally like four extra cutscenes in the story mode to introduce these DLC characters. And DLC characters, that's it. And it's three DLC characters. Some skins, who gives no a shit? No modes. Who no modes it? whatsoever, no fucking features or quality of life, anything. It's just some skins, three extra characters, and a story mode to a game that already, like, the ending of Mortal Kombat 11 is is probably the most open ended ending to anything I could ever fucking think of in my life. So, whatever, I guess. If you really wanted to know where the story was going, I guess, whatever. But here are the new characters. Let's keep. Let's not keep them waiting. Hold up. So the new characters are Fujin who is the God of Wind. Um, He started in Mortal Kombat 4. I actually like Fujin. He doesn't really get a lot of play. I don't see him being, like, a particular person that everyone's gonna be like, oh, fuck yeah, Fujin's in the game? Like, no one's gonna care, but he's cool. I like him, I guess. Shiva, the um, queen of the Shokan race, who's, um, is, like, the the female race of uh, uh, Goro's race. I forget what they're called, Tarkatans? No, Shokan, that's what it is. Tarkatans are the Baraka. Yeah, as Baraka, you're right, but um, she she's all right. She's a cool character. She was a nine, but I don't really see her being like a, a hot button seller. But sure, I mean there are other ninjas that people want to play as. Rain, Reptile, whatever. Cyrus anyway, and S- Sector, fucking Raicho, I'd even take by this point. Fuck. Fuck but anyway, what about regular go... humans like fucking Boracho? I mean, wasn't he a DLC?
1: He was a DLC for 10, but he's still a fucking legacy character, goddammit.
0: Either way, the last character that is available with this expansion, quotation marks, is fucking RoboCop. Yeah,
1: just to emphasize, you can't run in Mortal Kombat 11. We put the slowest fucking walking... Uh, robot in sci-fi history
0: no this is just to emphasize that whoever's choosing these characters has no idea what thematic anything means no one none of these exclusive characters besides maybe the fucking horror slasher icons fit this world i guess kratos he's in a violent game so sure he works but robocop what joker okay what what Like, why? Okay, before
1: you get there, because I thought you were going to go there with Terminator, the game does open, like, time travel shit. So, yeah, you can make an argument for Terminator being there. I really disagree with Joker being there. Joker should have never been there. The fucking problem I have is this goddamn price point, which basically and Jim Sterling put it, and a couple other people on on fucking Twitter have been saying it, particularly the FGC, which as you know, George, the FGC doesn't fucking take kindly to this shit. There I don't know, man. when when the game launched, when the game launched, there were three fucking versions of this game. Standard which was 60 Premium, which was a hundred, collector's edition, which came with a fucking sculpture fucking head, a bust of Scorpion's head for a hundred forty dollars. hmm That was fuck uh, all. That's compared not even to this including shit. like the, that, the
0: exclusive costumes that you had to pay for and shit.
1: No no no, but let, let me just finish this point. Right, right. So NRS and Ed Boone looked at all that you spent 60, 100, 140, and decided all of that is worth $20 for you to upgrade to this $40 edition because they're yep. re releasing MK11 with this expansion for like $60 retail. So you could buy all of this along with all the DLC you paid for beforehand for 60 with this shitty expansion that, what you say, had
0: four fucking cutscenes? it's because they love to devalue their product. Whether it's selling you a base uh, uh, fucking live service first and then letting it fucking get stuff and then selling just the base package for cheap whatever or just doing this where you have a shit ton of DLC stuff and then when years go by and no one's doing that shit anymore, they sell it all under one package and it's super cheap. In both scenarios, they are devaluing their product. And 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 Cardo, uh, our fucking um, Captain. Oh M. my God, Card- I was gonna say um, his full name, but I said it right the first time. Cardo, it was right. How Nintendo doesn't devalue their products, and there's just a sharp difference between something like Nintendo and something like Warner Brothers products.
1: Yeah, and Warner Brothers to going back to the whole joker thing warner brothers just wants to remind you that hey they own dc2 here's a dc character yeah remember injustice we put scorpion in the first one and sub-zero in the second and Ra- Ra- Raiden in the second
0: it's never for the customer's enjoyment it's always to push some sort of agenda to push some sort of fucking oh this movie's coming out remember like fuck off I'm just going to
1: say this, and this is my last point on this shitty fucking expansion, which I'm not getting, by the way. I just want to say this, that I buy a fighting game to play with the roster and fight my friends. The -hmm. story doesn't really matter to me as much. But when you fucking put this gigantic paywall for three fucking characters... And some shitty, and like, I don't want to say shitty, but some skins and four fucking cutscenes, because I love the lore of Mortal Kombat.
0: I don't know how many cutscenes there are, because you've said four now twice. I don't know, but like, really, what do you expect in a story expansion? They're not going to do a full fucking storyline, so what do you expect? It's going to be one chapter. Well, what, what do
1: they expect, because I'm going to just watch it on fucking YouTube. I'm not yeah. I'm going to save my money and just go, oh okay that makes sense in this canon or oh okay that's fucking stupid and it doesn't make sense in this canon.
0: I, re- I re- overcharging, yes.
1: <laughs> you get fuck off NRS. Yeah. that's a reason we, why. Even, wait, wait, that's wait, 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 a wait, wait. reason
0: why you're not at Evo. Can we say <laughs> not can I not can we take that back and not say fuck you NRS? Can we say fuck you Warner Brothers who's most likely the ones who's deciding this shit? Okay, you can, but I can't. I already, I already, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say fuck you, it. Warner Brothers, because this is something par for the course for Warner Brothers. They do this with Batman. They do this with everyone. They just don't know how to let a good thing just be a fucking good thing and not want to just force people to want something else. Like people buy something to enjoy something, and they always take, oh, you like that? Well, let me go ahead and change it around and change what you want out of it. It doesn't work, so stop it. I, I I don't know, man. I'm just really frustrated. Moving on. I think that's all the news I have. Do you have anything worthwhile to add? Uh,
1: John. OK, so there's an issue with his name. A lot of people say Constantine. Some people say Constantine. But John Constantine, that's how I call him. Hellblazer uh, is in the new movie uh, Apocalypse War. It's the last of the animated DC movies. Uh, there's been 15 of them. And Uh he is not only bisexual, but he is bispecial. And it was confirmed that
0: he was in a relationship (laughs) with King Shark. You're making it sound like he fucked an actual shark. He fucked King Shark, who is a half-human, half-shark man. He's like 90% shark,
1: but yeah, he's bipedal. Look at his
0: body, he's humanoid.
1: Yeah, he's bipedal and he can breathe on but land. But when you say
0: he's he's fucking cross species, whatever, you're making it sound like he's just went into like a fucking Guess straight what? up shark. Guess shark. what,
1: George? Before you jump on me like uh-huh. that, I am quoting the voice actor who acts as John Constantine in this movie.
0: Okay. and The voice actor is also wrong. What do you want me to tell you?
1: <laughs> he act, He acts as Constantine in the two live action shows, one Legends of Tomorrow and Constantine, which was on NBC, which got canceled.
0: Okay, that doesn't change anything. He could have just said that and meant something else like, oh, he's dat- he's no problem with dating a shark man either. The whole thing that I'm trying to illustrate for the listener is that, no, he didn't wade into a tank and fuck a shark. It was like he's a, a huge dude I, shark dude with it, like a it, body, it, like a human body. Because I was going to say, obviously, he's a man of culture because he's a large man. And as you know, I happen to like large men. <laughs> and we still don't know if he was bottom or top. Yeah, it's really weird how when I, I read about this, everyone's like, oh, Constantine bottoms for King Shark. In the scene, all he does is give him a wink. Like, they don't ever say what fucking position they took. And then, like, it could have been either one. How do you know? Why does it matter? What?
1: Well, I guess you'll just have to pay extra or subscribe to DC Universe Online to see that man on shark action.
0: That's, that's the new series. It's going to be a spin-off series. It'll be the, the DC romance show oh, on their fuck. new platform.
1: I forgot a recent that you and I have both
0: been doing, which is Harley uh, Quinn. Oh, the, the show? Sh- the, the cartoon show? Yeah. I actually haven't touched it yet, so... Wow. Uh, it's really good. I know. I've, I've been hearing great things. I just got that. When you uh, let me share your DC account, uh, I, I actually watch the Super Friends more than anything. Look at you. I don't know. My boyfriend liked it and I like it too. It's it's so wholesome and it's so weird how like frank they are. Robin's kind of a, a snarky asshole. I like him. <laughs> 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 anyway, um so that's all the, the news I got, right? I think that's everything.
1: Yeah, that's it. We gotta get Alrighty, on to the actual show.
0: <laughs> I know. We'll be back in a second, okay? Love you bye. Bye. Hello, everyone. This is
1: the masterful dude of it's the face that runs the place, the host with the most agent Mike was, And you're listening to the Fan Freaks podcast hosted by the Fan Freaks Facebook group, the home to all freaks and all fandoms alike. Join us at
0: F-A-N-F-R-E-E-K-S Fan Freaks Facebook group. Be there, or be square. And welcome back. Rise and shine. I hope you had a nice rest. Why do no. I?
1: Why do I feel like that's from? Oh, that is from somewhere.
0: I don't know. I'm just trying to be a, a nice motherly figure for our Mother's Day episode.
1: Oh, God, I it felt like from Back to the Future. It
0: well, might have been. I might have just subconsciously pulled the character. I'm not sure. Um, also, who's to say any of my the moms on my list even act like that? <laughs> um. So. Today is a very special day because today's episode is going to be a focus on All-Stars in Mothers in Media.
1: Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, I thought you wanted like more effects in the background. Uh question. <laughs> that too. Question Go ahead. for those at home like us w- um what is the difference between All-Stars and the Freaky 5?
0: Yes, this is actually a really good question. I've actually had to tell myself it multiple times (laughs) to (laughs) clarify. Um, So a Freaky Five is your ranked top five of a subject, okay? So that means like your top five horror protagonists, top five dramas, top five whatever. Where an All-Stars is no rank, but you still want to give them a shout out. So your favorites, but not in any particular order. You know what I mean? So you don't really have to rank it. Does that make sense?
1: Makes perfect sense for somebody who's played both Smash and PlayStation Battle
0: All-Stars Battle Royale. (laughs) Fuck. You know what? There needs to be more instances of the the use All-Stars. I've only seen it in Smash and in fucking PlayStation. You're right. So, anyway, moving on. I'm going to start my list down with my motherly figures. Um, Again, they're not ranked in any order. So, be as it may. The first one I want to get out, because I want to be the first one to say it. Fuck you. Um, (laughs) Sarah Connor?
1: Ooh, good pick.
0: Yes, yes. Um, I, I, you know, the first movie is not really a good example. There's no example of her being a mom outside of just kind of protecting herself for her future or whatever. I'm mainly talking about Terminator 2, you know, Sarah Connor. Yeah. And, you know, her getting out of the freaking asylum and finding the son and running away and staying alive, keeping her son alive no matter what the cost. It's... A lot of people have told me Terminator 2 is their most favorite movie of all time. I've, I've only seen it once. I need to see it again. I have it on Blu-ray. I'm down to watch. You know what? I have it on Blu-ray too. Wow. Do you want to know why? Vinny gave me the entire Mad Max and Terminator franchise on Blu-ray. And I asked him, why? Where did this come from? He goes, I had doubles. <laughs>
1: So Vinny. And it's you can perfect. follow him at <laughs> Leisurely Vinny.
0: Yes, at Leisurely Vinny on Twitter. He always talks to you and he's a fucking trip, so please ask him anything. He'll love it. Um but yeah, no, Sarah Connor, great pick. Um, all right. what's, um what's do, your... do you want to do the rest of mine or you want to do mine? No, let's do for all stars, because you for freaky fives, I do all of my five and all of your five. So for for um for all-stars, let's do me and then you. So you go. Oh, me? Yes, you. So, me, you, me, you. So, we, we switch right. between each one. I'm going to
1: bring in a good one that I think uh, is going to bother George a little bit, but Mrs. Voorhees from Friday the 13th. That's not a good mom. She's a great I mean, mom. She fucking – she goes out on a quest for revenge to say for her son she can't believe these fucking kids <laughs> let her
0: die. quest for revenge. You call a sadistic serial killer spree a quest for revenge. I like it. You know, you know, it's fair. You want to know why it's fair? If I'm allowed to say James and Mary are the best couple in media, I think you're fine. I think you're fine.
1: <laughs> Mrs Voorhees is unbelievably um, loves her son, and Jason. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't doubt that. Jason mm-hmm. does everything for his mom. Because he's a true mama's boy, and he knows that that's, that's his mom, and she'll always have his back. Even if he's ugly, even if he kills in the hundreds, still loves him.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, she even with her monologue that she gives to that one count, uh, camp counselor, she's just like, Jason, Jason didn't. Well, Jason, he wasn't a very good swimman. Like, she's she is so used to protecting Jason that you can really get that as like part of her character in that first movie. Like my one complaint though, she's not really a big thing. Like she kind of just shows up at the end. <laughs> yeah, but it's enough. It's enough. It's, a, it's enough. It's enough story backloaded into act 3. <laughs> You know what? That's fair, though. You want to know why that's fair? Because my next pick is also someone that's only really particularly a good mom in one section of the story. Who? Elmira Gainsborough. The fuck? Yeah, I know. This is probably one not even fans of the game probably don't even know who the hell this is. She's Eris' mom in Final Fantasy VII. Or, or well, not her biological mom. Her okay, so Elmira is the adopted mother of Aerith, or Eris or whatever you want to call. Her. I call her Eris, but whatever. The reason why I pick her is because Eris is kind of left alone as a child at a train station because her mom kind of dies like on the train steps um and Omira kind of takes it upon herself to you'll see that i do this a lot i talk i kind of got emotional over wharf doing the same thing where like someone takes it upon themselves like i will take the responsibility even though i'm horribly unprepared for it um the thing is it's always good in in media or like something that's written because in real world i'd really like them to be prepared for it as opposed to doing this shit but in, in, you know, stories and shit, I like the idea of someone challenging themselves and taking the, the role of a parent, you know? So she does that, and she has no idea who Eris is or who her mom is. All she knows is that she's someone special. And she basically spends the fucking rest of that child's childhood, like, dodging the, the government or the business, the business government known as Shinra. And I think she did a good job for a fucking housewife mom. Like, she's fucking pretty impressive, and no one ever gives her a shout-out. So, here I am. Okay. So, my next one is... Did I say what game it was at all? Final Fantasy VII. Okay. I know I said Eris, but <laughs> it's from Final Fantasy VII. Uh,
1: my next one's going to be uh, Carmela Soprano from The Sopranos. She oh takes... Oh, my
0: God. What? What? <laughs> I thought you were going to say Carmella from Castlevania. I'm like, bro, (laughs) no, just no, no,
1: no, no, no. I, I, I couldn't find really a lot of video game ones. Um, Mm,
0: I challenge myself, but go on.
1: (laughs) All right. You're better than me. So Carmella, um, she's a really good mom. She takes care of both Meadow and AJ Anthony jr. Um, and she deals with a lot of shit from Tony, particularly with uh, his constant cheating and constant lying. But she still provides a good home for her kids. She makes sure they eat, and she makes sure that everything is clean. And she tries her best to make sure they get into college, which they do. One of them does. The other one fails. But that other one well, is I mean, not maybe, really maybe her. Just,
0: yeah, well. like maybe it was just wasn't meant for him as well. No, <laughs>
1: no, it really wasn't it really wasn't but she tries her Mm. best to take care of them
0: I I can only imagine being a mother in a mobster family like (laughs) yeah yeah it's a a whole other family you have to take care of on top of that (laughs) your turn uh, oh yes. Uh, okay. So my next one, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and piss off um, the dude because I'm really surprised. I gave him two chances, okay, to do this, right? But here we go. Um, the boss from Metal Gear Solid Three. Nice. Yeah, she's a mom, a very goddamn devoted mom, and I believed it the entire game. Like. <sighs> The idea of her being a mom kind of goes twofold because you. I got to ask you, who am I talking about being her son?
1: Uh, naked Snake, big boss.
0: Yeah, well, what I mean to illustrate by that question is it could be her actual child that she lost or Snake, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, do we go into spoilers?
0: I mean, no, obvi- I, I'm not going to because I do want to promote people playing it but Metal they're Gear not, Solid they're 3. not actually. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid 3, and it's not a spoiler to say that they're not actually mother and child. They, no, they no, say no, that no, I'm time. in her actual job. Oh, well, well we're not going to say there's more to it that, that's the actual spoiler. That's really just, like, the framework. But regardless of that, the idea of her being such a, a maternal figure to Snake himself, like, a grown adult-ass man, and... Having, this is where I guess James and I have this contention is where like I really feel this maternal instinct coming from the boss in Metal Gear Solid 3. It's straight up a protective instinct. This is like a child to her. She sees Naked Snake as like one of her own. And, and you really get that kind of like relationship already there in the dialogue. I'm trying to think of like a scene in particular that would illustrate it. And I think the biggest thing I'd say is like the many times she beats the shit out of him. Yeah. But I know that's but not a, good a motherly point. thing to, to do. Prove yeah, a exactly. Point. It's not a motherly thing to do, but it's using the CQC that she taught him, so it's like it makes sense. And if anybody
1: knows anything about the actual man who be- who Naked Snake becomes, you know already he is extremely stubborn and he won't listen any other way.
0: Right, and you could just tell that the boss has just, like, dealt with Snake in so many different situations. She just knows him. She knows him better than anyone else, just like a mom, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, she's a fucking solid one. I'm surprised you didn't take her. She's fucking great. My turn? Yeah, go for it. I'm surprised you didn't do this.
1: I gave you three chances now. hmm <laughs> Dr. Beverly Crusher from Next Generation.
0: Uh, She is. She is great. You're right. Considering
1: everything that she's done for Wesley, (laughs) everything she's done, considering Wesley's a piece of shit.
0: (laughs) I don't, I mean, he's just, he's just really, uh, what's the word, Wesley? He's not an outgoing guy. He's very, uh, what's the word? Not intrusive. That's not the word. Help me out here. Introverted? Introverted, thank you. Oh my god. Yes, he's just really introverted. He has no idea what he's doing.
1: <laughs> At all. At all. That, <laughs> he's, got, he's got all the charm of uh, empty glass. <laughs> yeah, That's, of, a, that, of a brick? Yeah, he's got all the charm of a brick. That's better. He but, has as much charisma as the hum of the ship? Yeah, but Beverly... <laughs> Beverly's such a good mom, takes care of him, defends him, and she's kind of like the mom for almost the entire ship. Particularly in some episodes with Worf where she yeah, where yeah. she scolds him and treat like, you know, like mm-hmm. you could do better. She has zero fear.
0: Zero fear to tell a Klingon what to fuck to do. Well, when you're the doctor, you have that fucking edge over people, don't you? It's like, well, you can get as mad as you want or you could die. <laughs> it's like yeah, you know how, how, or you could listen to me you know but so far we got one
1: each one i feel is like oh you should have had that one but see guys uh i want you guys to know we didn't when we did the our list we don't even know how many each have
0: and, none yeah. of, and neither one knows who's on that list right we thought it'd be nice and surprising at the very least this is your fourth this is my fourth so i'm gonna pick um Lisa from Castlevania. Um, and I know you're probably like, Lisa who? I was gonna say a last name, but after reading the wiki, I don't think I should. Because they made it a point to not give her a last name. This is Dracula's second wife. Um, otherwise known as, like, Alucard's mom. The one Alucard's always, like, brooding about. Uh, it, her, His mom... Is believe it or not, not like just this generic, you know? Because in a lot of Japanese media, there's this mom character that literally exists just to die and be a sad backstory for a character. Full Metal Alchemist, Attack on Titan. Uh, there's just tons of anime that do this, okay? And Lisa is a particular example because she's not just a mom that passed away, but she is the woman that that tamed Dracula. Like it wasn't like Dracula made her a wife like a concubine or something. Like Dracula was going around being Vlad Tepish, like staking people, right? He right. was that dark motherfucker. And and she comes in completely unafraid of him because she believes in science, not supernatural shit. And Dracula's just so amused by this, like, this lady is not scared of me at all, even though I'm doing all this supernatural shit right in front of her, and she just keeps calling it science. Alright, let me see where she's going with this, because even I have studied science, and she's not incorrect. So, like, they go through this whole relationship, and she eventually convinces Dracula that people aren't just fodder? And And I don't think of any other instance of that happening, right?
1: I don't think so either.
0: So when she dies at the hands of the humans who think that she's a witch because she's doing medicine and that's witchcraft, it it is a sad backstory for Alucard and Dracula and becomes their motivation as to what they do, why they do, and gives a nice bonding point for Dracula and Alucard so that way it's like not just a bitter hatred, it's like they're mourning together. She's not as relevant in the series as she's just more as brought up in flashbacks, but I like this character. She's still a gentle beauty, but she's strong in the sense that she's strong-willed. She's not going to fucking kowtow to Dracula just because he's a fucking demon king. Fuck that shit. I got science. No? no? Okay. All right. Well, what do you, what do you got for me? <laughs> All right. This is a tough
1: one. This is a tough one because I wanted to put here fucking Anakin's mom. No! Shmi? Shmi. <laughs> what the she, fuck did Shmi even do? Uh, she gave him up, which is what we sh- all should have done with a shitty person like <laughs> 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 that. It's all something we should
0: look up to. Uh,
1: but I'm actually going to go anime here. And I'm going to go with uh, Holly Kujo
0: from the Joe Star family. Oh wow! Hold on, let me make sure I'm thinking of the right character. Hold on. You won't Kujo? know. You won't know her. No, wait, isn't she the from first season or no? No, no Stardust Crusaders. No. She's okay, from okay, no. Stardust
1: Crusaders. Yeah, she's the mama of Jotaro, uh, who's the pro tag of season three. But she is such a good mom. Loves him to death. And she also takes care of her father, Joseph, who's the Jojo from season two. And she and her mom, Susie, are very similar in just how protective they can be of their boys, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Holly, what starts Stardust Crusaders, she's kind of like written out of the picture, but not really. Like, st- <clears throat> you know, the the fucking... Um, daytime soap opera cliche of a coma but whenever she interacts with jotaro it's pure love that's in her heart for him she absolutely adores her son jotaro
0: i've been looking at pictures of her on google right now i do remember this character and she's like always cheerful like she's a very optimistic character yeah yeah even when
1: she's suffering uh when she's suffering i'm not gonna spoil She even hides it and still smiles.
0: Yeah, okay, I remember. Yeah, she's awesome. I remember her. Fuck.
1: Your turn. Your move, Mr. Joestar. Yeah,
0: in the future, we're going to have to do this thing where we we tee it off to each other because we don't know (laughs) when the other person's done. Well, to be fair, I'm in my house.
1: You're in your house. We don't have, like, visual cues to each other.
0: That's the thing. If we were, like, in front of each other, I'd be able to see when he's done. But you know what? We'll figure it out. Moving on. um, I kind of want to highlight this one as an honorable mention because I already used her for a list in the previous one for top horror protagonists. So, like, I don't want her to take another spot, but I did want to mention her really quick. Uh, Amelia from Babadook, like, she is a mother, and she's a great example of a mother who isn't just uh, in love with their son. Like, there's... Th- being a parent is is very fucking difficult. I can only goddamn imagine. It's not like you're it's not always fun times and all you gotta be is just optimistic that's it like there's a lot of dark moments of being a parent i thought she portrayed that really well while still showing that she was a loving mom you know what i mean
1: right i get what you mean it's just her kids like fucking terrible anyway so i've I'm, well, I'm just there's have, a I'm
0: fucking Duke around my friend I'm, just, <laughs>
1: I'm yeah but it could be a metaphor to her uh postpartum but depression that, yeah. or it that's be, what makes
0: her such a good mom character in my opinion right. right
1: i gotta tell her you know she's a saint for not killing her kid because i would have done a late term abortion on that son of a bitch I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that kid was super I fucking mean, annoying that kid was super there's annoying. parts there's parts where she gets close <laughs> yeah and i was like rooting for her <laughs> oh my god Oh um, Jesus but yeah I wanted to talk about her you know what fuck it she's a slot I'll let you take this next one go for it I still can't believe you haven't done this but you brought up the boss you bring up Sarah Connor no Ripley no fucking Ripley what what is she a mother to Newt who is she a She's not a mom to Newt. She, She's. You absolutely. did it. You said the same shit. You said the same shit with Claire. And I can't say Claire either. She rescues Newt and then leaves her. They don't ever. Re- Newt. Ugh. Uh, is it really spoilers if it happens in the first two seconds of Alien, <laughs> Aliens Three, or whatever? Like, does that count? No, no, no.
1: You do not bring up Alien Three. Not in this house. We're sticking to Aliens, and that's where the series ended.
0: Oh, okay, <laughs> but in in that movie, something happens to Newt, and she's not around Ripley ever again. Mm. She only rescues Newt. Ripley only rescues Newt in Aliens, and that's it. They Multiple times. Again. Multiple but, times. But it's still the same incident. I'm When I say rescue, I'm talking about rescue from the area, not rescues counted. I want you freaks
1: out there to tell me who's right here. Is Claire Redfield and uh, Ripley, are they moms, adoptive mothers to the kids they
0: rescue? Being a mom is much more than getting a child out of one sticky situation. Claire also, Claire also, Claire also rescues Sherry and then leaves her with the government. That is not what a mom would do.
1: Okay, but to be fair, Sherry was like super annoying.
0: That's, but... (laughs) If you're a mom, that doesn't, fuck, that doesn't matter. No, no, my point still matters. It it counts, you have to, Fine. for you to be a mom, you have to raise the fucking child. I, I, can we just leave it to the freaks
1: and see who, who agrees with you or who Like, with even me?
0: Boss, even Boss raised Snake in some sense and teaching Kung Fu and shit. Like, Sherry was one night and like, and so was Newt.
1: Alright, so here is my other <laughs> and it's gonna, it's and gonna I, I defy you. I defy you to tell me no to this one. Actually, you won't. Uh, you can't. Uh, <clears throat> Diane Freeling from Poltergeist. This mom no, I'll give swam it, yeah, I'll give it, yeah. with fucking <gasps>
0: skeletons, dude. Mm, you just gave me a great one, but yes, I agree with you bro that
1: that movie is all about a parent's love for their kid and poltergeist was really good it was directed by Steven Spielberg and there's a lot of like history behind the fucking movie like a lot of spooky shit that happened spooky time but Diane really takes care of her kids
0: and she mm. really sacrifices herself for her daughter and dealing with her husband like that is, like, <laughs> traumatic as fuck. Speaking of dealing with your husband, can I take my next slot real quick?
1: Yeah, go ahead.
0: All right. So I, th- when you said that poltergeist, and I, I immediately thought of, like, having to protect your children from a, a, a possessed version of your lover, which is, like, a metaphor all in its own. Fucking Wendy Torrance from The Shining
1: yeah yeah Am that- I, like <laughs> that's not on my list but yeah She's,
0: i mean she- i'm just thinking of like examples of someone who's really just fucking shattered in in this kind of like situation but still pulls through just because she needs to protect her son she, she is so goddamn scared, and rightly so, all right? Like, I don't doubt her. It's not like she's being, oh, she's crying, what a wimp. The Shining is scary, okay? If that were to happen to me, I'd be acting just like her. But you know what she does? She successfully gets her son away and fucking escapes. Rock on, okay?
1: So I just wanted to be known. I have five more.
0: Oh my god, I only have like one more
1: Alright, I'm just gonna ratchet these off, (laughs) except the last one, alright?
0: Okay Sure, go for it. I'm gonna go first with
1: Mrs. Incredible That's a good one, good one Um Absolutely, Holly Hunter's voice acting knocks it out of the park If you've watched both Incredibles movies you obviously know how good of a mom she is Um, (gasps) Oh shit Joyce Byers from Stranger Things. Ah, that, that was my, my
0: other one. All right, uh, you got Nice. Sorry. But I thought of another one while you were talking, so that's perfect. Go, go for it.
1: <laughs> Joyce Byers is an amazing mom, particularly mm. with seasons one and two. She goes all in to protect Will, and yeah, you see it through the seasons. Winona Ryder can do
0: no wrong. Uh, Oh, she does such a good job with that role. I want her to do another. I want another mother character. I thought for sure she would like make a good, God damn it, Jill Valentine, not even because of her motherly instincts, but seeing her in that kind of like exasperated survival instinct mode, I thought she'd be great. But that's just me. (laughs) Also, just want to give a shout out Winona Ryder
1: also was Spock's mom in the reboot series of Star Trek movies from JJ. Was she? Yeah, she was uh, Spock's mom. Oh my god, I don't recall this at all. It's alright. Edwina Ed McDonough from Raising Arizona, which is probably one of the most underrated Coen brother movies of all time. Uh, Mm -hmm. She fights against a literal fucking cartoon for this baby that she did kidnap because if you find out that she can't bare children um that's not a spoiler it's just it's just part of the trailer but edwina does protect this kid that she kidnapped and she does do very motherly things and then she gives the baby back
0: all right well at least i mean that might be a spoiler (laughs) if you haven't
1: seen raising arizona please do hands down one of the funniest fucking movies of all time and one right. more before I kick it back to George for his last one, because I have one more after you. Uh, Lorraine Baines McFly, this mom who tried to fuck
0: her own son. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's, that's a mother of the year. Let me tell you.
1: She wasn't. She didn't give birth to him yet. Time travel's really weird, man. But why is
0: that your your choice? Like, why why would that be the reason why you pick her? Because in every
1: movie, she always takes care of Marty after he knocks out, wakes up in some strange bed. She always like takes care of him, makes sure that he's okay, even if it's her, her future self in part two, or her great, 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 great great grandmother
0: you want to you want to add a couple extra grades there great great okay good just want to double check
1: uh (laughs) lorraine always takes care of her kids uh from little we see she tries her best to make sure everything's okay and even through severe depression particularly with her brother joey still being behind bars in part one and smoking a cigarette she always remembers back when time was better where George actually had a backbone. The poor woman has been through a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I, I can only imagine.
1: <laughs> but that's it. That's uh, I have one left, and it's my favorite one, so I'm waiting for you.
0: Okay. Um, before I say my last one, here here's a, a surprise trap card. I'm going to do two dishonorable mentions <clears throat> really quick. I'm not going to go into it. It's going to be just names. That's it. Because as I was thinking of moms for like this list I I thought of a lot of moms or really these two moms and just how utterly terrible they are so my dishonorable mention goes to um, Dahlia Gillespie and uh, Annette Birkin both from uh, Silent Hill and Resident Evil respectively <clears throat> they are survival horror moms and they're just so terrible <laughs> just so negligent and horrible that's it that's all I want to say.
1: <laughs> and your last one. All
0: right. My last one. I, I just needed to say that because those are my two franchises. And it's like, what the fuck, guys? Can you do a nice mom? Like just once, please. Anyway, um, my uh, my my last pick right now, The Bride from Kill Bill. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What a good one. What the whole one. goddamn series the two movies are all about this alright about her and the devotion to her child and what fucking hell she will crawl through to get there she is I- literally <laughs> the Mrs. Voorhees of Quentin Tarantino <laughs> <laughs> but this is like actually a, an actual reve- a revenge quest that's like justified though sure excuse me like, like, yeah. It's not like she's a fuck going on a killing spree because she's psycho. She has like complete and, and justified reasons for doing so. Plus, these people are terrible. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Plus, it's like when you see the bride and all these Kill Bill movies. The first two are the first two. I'm acting like there's a whole bunch.
1: Well, in the allegedly, Kill Bill there's movies, gonna be
0: a third one. We'll see, because they've been saying that for years, and I've been following that for a while. Kill Bill is, like, my number three movie of all time. It's, like, Airplane, Clue, and then Kill Bill for me. And I treat it like... What? Jesus. (laughs) I know, it's a bit of a tonal change. And none of them are horror, which is the weirdest thing, right? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, but moving on. The Bride is just such a solid example. They literally spend two movies giving depth and character and, and, you know, to, to what makes her devoted to being a mom and, and her child. So I, I don't know. That's, that's my pick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. So while you said that, I remembered one other one oh my and God. I swear that's it. I swear <laughs> that's it. These last two and I'm done. I'm done. Okay.
0: I'm it's done. just Adrian can't get enough moms. That's just what it is, right? It's going to be Bulma. Bulma does... Oh, the- oh, <laughs> ah! Bulma way does- more than Chi-Chi, by the way. I, just Bulma for sure. Bulma does so
1: much. And she creates a fucking time travel machine to save her son. And she she's such a great fucking mom. So much in Dragon Ball. I fucking love it.
0: I because I, I just said not Chi Chi just not that Chi Chi's not a bad mom it's just that she's so goddamn controlling that nobody wants to be around her. Oh, and overbearing as fuck. Another good one I mean, would she probably did put, be. She did wait, wait, wait. She did put Gohan through college. I mean, she had priorities, but it's like, did Gohan want to?
1: <laughs> he kind of did, but it was also his
0: mother forcing him into that.
1: So you don't really know. Um, If anything,
0: you're right with Bulma, though. Bulma definitely takes it over that, though. Is a better mom, in my opinion. You could
1: also argue Android 18 when she has a kid with Krillin. True. Well, yeah. Even Videl. Videl as well. She just got a kid Mm. in Super Pan, so. DBZ or Dragon Ball has quite a few now that I think about it. Good shit. But here's my last one, and it's from a movie. It's from a movie that never had a sequel. It's really underrated. It's one of the best action films of the 90s. It stars. Okay. And it's called The Long Kiss Goodnight, Gina Davis.
0: Oh, <gasps> fuck you! Oh my god! <laughs> I grew up with that movie on VHS, you fuckface! Oh my god! Me too. I love that movie! Me,
1: ah! me too, but she's a mom! She's not she told, only, Oh my god. Uh, she's not only just any mom, but she's also a fucking assassin. And but she never loses any part of her personality. It's never fucking oh ruined. My. Gina Davis had a dual role and she fucking knocked it out of the park perfectly. That is the all-star of all stars yeah. in film.
0: I I just I remember watching that movie so much. What the fuck? How did you even know about that movie? <laughs> fuck you,
1: dude.
0: Like, do you even know who I am? No one talks <laughs> about it. It's no one has ever talked guy, about though. the long kiss goodnight with me ever. Well, you don't talk to me about movies. All we ever talk about is Resident Evil and Son Hill. Fuck, I need to go rewatch that movie. I might do it right after this fucking podcast. Shit, I used to love that movie. It's
1: a fucking great movie, and it is has aged like fine wine.
0: Shit. All right. Well, that has been our all-stars for uh, mothers in uh, media. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you think Wait, of any mothers quick, that you— can I, can I put oh. in
1: a dishonorable mention? in the middle of my outro? Alright, yeah, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, hold on. This is gonna be really dated, though. Do you, uh... Do you know about a movie, um... Do you know? The
0: Muffin Man?
1: (laughs) Hold on. Do you know about a movie called Mommy Dearest? (laughs) Yes? No! No! Oh, oh, Dishonorable! Okay, yeah,
0: no, then yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. No wire! No, wires. Wires. no <laughs> wire! Hang on.
1: I just wanna leave it there. That's my dishonorable mention. My only
0: dishonorable mention. Fuck that mom. Yeah, she's she's pretty fucking rough. That's that's not a good <laughs> It's just like a net and dolly with me. I'm like, we need to talk about how terrible <laughs> this one is in particular. <laughs> We could do a whole Ugh. show
1: on Mommy Dearest, which is—it's—it should be a horror, and they call it a docu drama, but I think it's a horror.
0: I—it's I, just an intense drama, but it's just really traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, but funny story. I'm I'm actually happy we did this episode because uh, in doing this and thinking of examples, I came across a ton of like dads in media that I'd like to highlight as well. So I actually am really excited to do that episode as well. Save it for Father's Day.